All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Profit Roadmap Relaunch. We're your hosts, Becca and Ryan. This is the premier podcast created for field service pros to help you grow your business, stay on top of latest trends, and help you provide even more value to the communities that you serve. So today, we're going to talk about a challenge for all field service industries, uh, whether you're in cleaning, lawn service, HVAC, plumbing, electrical, it doesn't matter. Uh, everybody struggles with it, and that is hiring. So uh, beyond that, we also need to talk about retaining the best talent. Now, this is a tough problem. So what we decided to do is we wanted to bring in an expert for you, Libby DeLucian. Uh, Libby is based out of Fort Myers, Florida, and uh, you've launched numerous successful businesses. Uh, I would also say you're a hiring expert. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Awesome. I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, I don't know if I'd call myself an expert, but I, I try. I, tr- I definitely try. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. We'll get into it. Um, so you run, you run a couple of businesses. Um, the first one you started was Organize It, right? Yes. I started Organize It in um, 2014, and we did professional organizing. It was just me in the field um, trying to find a job so that I could still be a mom and take my kids to school and pick them up at the end of the day and um, and just be present. And that's kind of how that evolved, and it grew into a monster after that of a company. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, for those like myself who aren't as uh, really in the service autopilot side, What's the difference between a professional organizer and a professional cleaner? Because you also have a cleaning side of the business, right? Yeah. So it's a great question. So professional organizers, right? We um, focus on moving objects or touching objects in the home. And it focuses... So, and it's creating systems where as far as cleaning, professional cleaning is we are moving dirt in the home, right? We are removing the okay. dirt from the home that builds up. And we're not necessarily moving or reorganizing objects or creating any systems in the home. So a big difference between um, organizing and cleaning is organizing is um, caused or disorganization is caused by, by us, by people bringing things into a home where um, a dirty home or a home needing to be cleaned is actually a natural occurrence that builds up over time. Um. Unless, you know, you're just an extra sloppy person or have kids. Um, but it's a natural occurrence that builds up over time that needs to be addressed. Yes. And with allergy season right now, it's actually really important to clean your home right now. Oh, that mean, yeah. My allergies are killing me lately. Mm-hmm. My, car's, uh, my car's like turning yellow and everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm rolling everywhere. I could talk all day about <laughs> There's a few things I could talk all day about. One is um, organizing. It, it's mm-hmm. organizing. Um, the other one is hiring and like culture and like, there's just some really top, but I love organizing. I love systems. I love processes. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, back to, uh, the subject of hiring. So when you started organizing, it, it was, it was you by yourself. How many employees do you have now? Uh, so we have, uh, 20 in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have three in this, in the office. It's amazing. Perfect. So on top of uh, on top of organizing, you also uh, help run Root Recruit. Yes. Um, so, that. just like with every field service owner, uh, we struggle to hire. And I launched my organizing business, and it was just me for years. And then all of a sudden, I get this grand idea that I'm going to add cleaning, so that I could make money without working, because I didn't want to do the cleaning. 
And um, that was a horrible idea because if anyone knows fields like field services are just it doesn't work like that. (laughs) Um, And so I had that idea and I started the cleaning division. I cleaned in the field for one year so I could learn how it worked. I'm so glad I did because I have just a very high level of respect for um, our cleaning technicians. And once I, about a year, it was about six to eight months into cleaning, I got pregnant with my daughter and um, I had to get out of the field. And so I'd already had one person helping me and I was really struggling to find time to clean all day while pregnant and hire an interview. And, and I created this process and I used automations and this is where my organizing side comes in that organizing brain. I created, cause I'm like, this is insanity. Like I'm just calling all these people and I'm like scrubbing a toilet all day to change my clothes in Southwest Florida, all sweaty Mm -hmm. in my car to go to Starbucks to meet somebody for an interview that just didn't show up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I was struggling with that and I was like, there's got, there's got to be an easier way. Like this is just like the definition of insanity. I'm doing the same thing every day and expecting a different result. Uh, So I created an automation, like a series of steps that were automated. And that is now what we recruit is. Um, and it's been so amazing and so insightful to just start this journey of the recruiting process. It's, or this, this journey of owning a business in that recruiting field. Um, it's changed my life. Um, I really look at uh, being an owner in a different way. And also we were talking earlier about uh, leadership and really has really opened my eyes to, you know, I could help you hire people all day long, but mm. if you haven't worked on yourself as a leader and you don't have great culture and you don't have great pay, um, they're just going to go right out your back door. Right. And it's just going to be this revolving door of chaos and you're going to bleed profit, right? We're in profit roadmaps. We're going to bleed m- money from everywhere. Mm. Um, and so really focusing on that because um, we recruit we use the software, but it also turned into um, having to teach and um, work with the other, with the business owners or their office staff to really teach them what encompasses a great company. Yeah, that's really amazing. And like, like have you mentioned like some of those specific things like leadership and pay and just being there in engagement? Um, because those are some things I think of when it comes to like this job market we're in right now, especially like post pandemic sort of we're in, like, it's really tough. So like, what are other things like, what have you overcome or how have you overcome certain things with this current market that we're in right now? So what I have to say about like pre COVID post COVID Mm -hmm. is that it changed the world. It changed the way we think it changed us. It changed everybody. It changed everything from an entry level employee that, Mm. that checks you out at, you know, the Dollar Tree to CEOs, it changed us. It, 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 it gave us a taste of freedom. It gave us a taste right. of time freedom. It gave us a taste of a, um, of what it meant to like work from home. Right. And, um, and so if you're not changing with that, mm. you will be left behind. You cannot continue to hire and recruit and pay the pre COVID way because you'll be left behind. 
And the one thing I have to say that we learned that helped us really um, get ahead of it is to really, really be conscious about, okay, well, what did COVID do for me? Like it, it taught me um, the importance of my family and being home and my kids were, you know, well, my son was already being homeschooled. Yeah. On top of that, I homeschooled my kids. I'm like glutton for punishment. <laughs> um, and, and so it's, it's like, okay, well, if we want to stay a competitive, we have to continue to make this job attractive to even what, what would attract us to it, us right. as an owners or an office manager or, um, and so we really promote a life work balance, not a work life balance. Cause COVID is, I say, I'm going to trademark that term, a, li- a life work balance because a work life balance is over. That was pre COVID post COVID. It's about a life work balance because that is why people quit at rapid yeah. rates right now, because it isn't, it's not worth it to them to be treated horribly. It's not worth it to them to not get paid well. Right. It's not worth it to my technicians to drive to houses, to go into strangers' houses, to scrub toilets for a living if we're not giving them a life work balance and if we're not giving them a great pay and if we're not treating them like VIPs. And so we really changed that. And when I said why I opened to organize it, we forgot about what that was essentially when we started growing so fast. And just this, I would say just this year, we've really got back to, I opened this company because I wanted to be a parent. I wanted to be a mom and take my kids to school and I wanted to be there to pick them up and I wanted to be there to cook them dinner and I wanted to be a wife and I wanted to be present. That's why I started Organize It. And I said, we need to get back to that and we need to offer some flexibility in how we run things. And so we've changed some stuff in the way we work. Are our employees walking all over us? No, absolutely not. They actually respect us more because we know we respect their time. That's awesome. Uh, so it sounds like culture is a huge thing for you. Yeah. Um, yes. So like we can talk about hiring all day. Uh, that's a two-sided coin, right? Like if you can hire everyone you want, but if they don't stick around, it's not going to be good, right? Uh, can you talk about the sort of culture that you or sort of the ways that you can maybe build culture and that you guys instill that in your employees? Yeah. Um, so I would say that companies are like little countries, right? <laughs> so uh, when you go to a country, you, you automatically feel the culture and you taste the food and they dress different and they have you know their country flag and they just have a different, they may have a different language, right? And so I say all of our companies are like little countries, I want you to really sit back and look at your company like a culture or uh, not a culture, your company like a country. And what does that feel like when I walk in as an applicant? Like, what does that feel and look like when I'm an employee? Like, is it an inviting country? Do we have a very sh- strong, like, um, like ethnicity? Do we have a very strong culture, like food and the way we act and talk and dress? Look at those things because those will attract um, the right people to your company. Those will attract the right candidates to apply um, to your job. And ultimately, you can embrace it and really just take that and run with it. Um, so I always say there's, there's um, some building blocks to building 
um, great culture. And for me, the first one is caring. We really have to care about people. And if you don't care, you're in the wrong industry. <laughs> um, or hire someone that does. Hire someone that does care, right? You can off, you can hire an office manager that does care. I struggle with this because as a visionary or a CEO, I don't need someone to talk to me a certain way or ask me how my day was. Right. I like direct. I like to the point. But that doesn't mean I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to change my work personality when I'm in this office to a different type of leader to show that I care. Because if mm-hmm. I act the way that I feel I need to be treated, I'll run everyone off. Mm-hmm. So I have to adjust my leadership personality to the room. If I treated my technicians the way I would want to be treated, I'd run them all off. Um, and so we have to care about our people. And if you do care, but you have a hard way of sh- a difficult way of showing it, I highly suggest you really work on that. That is the core foundation. Um, the next one is we develop our people. Even though we're just cleaning and organizing, we are constantly training. Um, I have so many training things where it's customer success. Uh, we're bringing a mortgage broker in to teach them how to buy their first home. Like they created a whole course. That's next month. And then the month after that, we want to bring in a, um, a counselor to help with stress and anxiety because we hear that that's the biggest thing right now post-COVID. Right. Is a, is a counselor to, tell, to teach them how to deal with stress and anxiety. Also, our jobs are, believe it or not, really stressful because we're dealing with homeowners inside their houses. Mm, right. So this is for all home services, mm-hmm. right? We're dealing with those nitpicky homeowners. Mm-hmm. And it can be really stressful to our technicians who care. Right. So we're bringing in a counselor to help with how do you handle stress and anxiety? So develop your people, invest in them. Um, the next one is creating a positive work environment. I am a huge stickler on this one. Like if you are not a happy, fun person, we're going to set you free. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Hey, I get it. I get that makes sense. Makes a difference. It does. Energy, you know, like, yeah. (laughs) And, you you know, we put out in the world, uh, what we put out in the world is what we get back. Right. You know, I work with a lot of people and I work with people that are amazing and I work with ones that are not that happy because they may have things going on, but they bring that into the workplace and that um, can't happen. Right. It's not that we don't have problems. It's just we have to create a positive work environment. And that and that goes back to caring. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then we really have to um, celebrate our wins, no matter how big or small. You need to celebrate the wins. You need to acknowledge, appreciate um, everyone. And this is not any form of monetary celebration. This is, you know, um, when they get good reviews, acknowledging that, acknowledging they did a great job in Mrs. Jones's house because we know she's so picky on her floors. Um, So acknowledging the wins, um, lifting them up is is really key. And so those are our really core fundamentals of helping create a great culture um, in our company. We Right now we have on our wall, um, and anybody can do this, we have it, um, it says dream big. And we write, we ask everyone to write like two or three of their goals on the wall. And that's where I got the idea is to bring in the people that are going to come teach our staff, which is where we're investing in them. No one is charging me to come in and teach. They're dying. They're the mortgage lenders are foaming at the mouth to come and teach our staff. Mm -hmm. 
amazing. Right? They're like, where can we get in a room with 20 to 25 people to, to teach them? And I'm going to look like an expert and I'm going to have authority. So when they're ready, they're going to come to me. Um, we had them write their dreams and every single person's dream was the exact same thing out of all 20 something people, 23 people. They all wanted to either buy a home or buy a car or go on a vacation. I think the biggest thing we fear as owners is that they're going to dream like we do and they don't, right. or they would own a business. That's, and so they tend to push yeah. that down. I just love that whole process. I feel like you were talking about the life work balance, treating your employees like you care. Cause I've really seen that shift um, with all of that, just investing in people, treating them like people makes a huge difference. Um, and so it's kind of like segue into this, like, uh, for someone who's never like done any of this, who's never hired someone, doesn't know any of the processes or steps, like what are like the basic hiring steps? Like what from application to interviewing to screening, like what, what are the steps? What should they do? Okay. This is a great question. I get this question all the time um, being in the hiring realm. And so I want you to think of hiring or recruiting like dating, Oh. And so when I'm dating, <laughs> there's different ways to date. Right. I could ask a friend to set me up with somebody. Right. Right. Oh, that's true. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so that would be more of a solid kind of setup. Like it's, I would trust my friend to pick somebody like there's a little bit more skin in the game with that. I'm not scared. They're going to abduct me kind of thing. <laughs> um, so, or, or. Okay. And so, or you could say when it comes to dating, um, my friend set me up on a blind date. Okay. Right? That's like, Oh, I know this guy and I'm going to set you up on a blind date. Right. And then there's online dating, right? Which you, they don't know mm -hmm. you, you don't know them. Right. And so when it comes to hiring, I always recommend, and I want to, uh, you guys can probably see the correlations. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to dating versus hiring, hiring, when, when I ask my friend to set me up on a date, this is saying, I'm going to ask my friends or my family, hey, do you know someone who would be a good fit for my company, right? There's a lot more um, skin in the game when someone's referring someone else. They don't want to refer a bad person. Mm -hmm. It's less likely to fail. It's also a lot less, um, it's a lot cheaper. So if you're you're just coming into this recruiting and hiring, that will save you a lot of money at the beginning, now that isn't as scalable, right? Because as we grow, then we're going to need a lot more lead, a lot more applicants. So then there is setting me up um, on a blind date. So that would be like, hey, this person recommended me to work here. Like you don't really know them. They don't know you. They just thought it would be a good fit. But there is some sort of correlation in the relationship somewhere, like Facebook friend or we met at a networking event. Um, and then there is online dating. Online dating would be like using Indeed or ZipRecruiter or you got to pay to play, right? Online dating, right. you got to pay. Uh, you don't know what you're getting. You're just getting a little bit of info out there. And then they could ghost you. It's yeah. the same thing. They may not show up. They may show up. It may be Mr. Right and it may not. And so that's the way I look at hiring. And so when you're first starting out, look at the safest bet right now, which would be asking those friends and family members in the community for a referral. Hey, um, people love to work for small businesses for the fact that we care. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, they do. And a lot of people get discouraged because they're like, how am I supposed to compete with these big businesses or corporate or franchise? 
You can mm-hmm. compete all day long because at the end of the day, you can show you care more than they can. Right. And so ask for referrals in your community. Um, ask friends, ask family members, post on your Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Maybe a friend of yours will see it um, that you're hiring. So that would be my first suggestion on starting that recruiting process. Make sure you have an ad, um, a job description. Right. And lastly, um, you know, make sure your pay, I always say this, your pay is sexy. If your pay is mm-hmm. not sexy, it's not going to attract anybody. Now, it doesn't have to be crazy, but it has to be competitive in the market. Um, and then by it being competitive and you being a caring boss will really keep people there in your company. I like that. And so I like that. Like, it's like, go with that safest bet first. And then, okay, let's say they, they get the person, right? They find a candidate. Um, you're on to the application interview process. So I like something you just said that just made me think about the application. Like, is there the life work balance? Is that something mm-hmm. I should be advertising in my application or people should be thinking about these days? And then how any red flags in the interview I should be looking for um, on either side is the interviewee or the interviewer. So um, I have a whole class I teach on the interview process. It is like two hours long. <laughs> and um, because I, well, first, yes, we advertise that we, we encourage and promote and support a life work balance. We say mm-hmm. that in our ad. Um, we say, if you want to continue to be a parent and a great parent and be present, we're the company for you. Right. You know, my, I know I can't be the best employer in the world, but I'm definitely, I definitely know I could be the best employer in Southwest Florida. Mm-hmm. So Ryan, I'm hiring. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll talk about, we'll talk about, we'll talk about. I mentioned that because I, I've seen a shift in that and just people like friends I've spoken to, like. A lot of companies, like you said, they realize post-COVID, they have to keep up. So that's what the market wants, the the labor market wants. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so the labor market, I'll get to the interview process here in a second, but the labor market for our our service owners, um, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of the baby shortfalls. The labor market is not going to get any better. It's not. So what's happening is, is there are too many people aging out and not enough people aging in to the labor force. Mm -hmm. And that is a study done by the government, Elon Musk, ZipRecruiter, Indeed, you name it. This is a huge topic going on right now. And it's because baby boomers had quite a few children (laughs) and the people before them had even more children. And then like, I didn't have as many children as my parents. And then my, I have an older son who's 24. He doesn't want kids, neither do none of his friends. And so they, we are slowly running out of people, but we've never had so much money in the world, like ever in the United States or in the world. And so we're running out of people. And this is a thing that they see happening at least for the next 10 years. And so I don't say this, you've heard it about this. Yeah. And everybody's struggling with it. It's not, it's not just cleaning, organizing, it's HVAC, it's plumbing. It's all the trades right now. Everybody. This is Mm -hmm. a study done and it was not for the service industry. It was like, this is a, a thing. And I'm not telling you this to scare you. I'm telling you this to inform you and say, okay, well, I need to step up my game. Like, how can I be the place they want to work? Because people want to work. 
And, uh, you know, the other thing that's also creating the shortage is the immigration laws, right? So until some of these things change, people start having more kids, but it's going to take time for that to catch up. Um, We're going to be in the situation where it's going to be competitive and the employee or the applicant will have the upper hand on us employers. Um, And so we really need to make sure we're aware, we're we're doing what we can to be a great employer, have good culture, good pay, and have a business that they want to work in that is not disorganized and chaotic. And that's a whole nother topic. Um, And as far as the interview process goes, what should we look for or what should the applicant look for? So as a interviewer, um, I don't think the owner should be doing the interviews mm. um, or the CEOs or the visionaries. It depends on what uh, you call yourself. The reason for that is uh, we like everybody. Yeah. Uh, we like everybody. We're a people person. We're the fun person. We're like, uh, we're the, like party uh, we're the life of the party. We're like, uh, we like attention. Right. Um, and so I don't think we should be doing the interviews because we tend to miss certain things and we don't follow processes at all. We're like a process. What is that? Um, and so an interview should be a very rigorous structured process where it's the last man standing is the one who is qualified for the job. And it should be rigorous, but very professional, right? And very polite, but very structured. And we tend to make it like a social event. Like we're talking and how was your day? And oh my gosh, I love your earrings. Where did you buy them? Oh, I go there too. And then we all of a sudden start to form. Actually, studies say we form judgment um, within the first 30 seconds of an applicant walking into our door. And we... Even if it's subconscious, we do it. Whether it's the clothes they have on, the shoes, the color of their skin or their hair, we start to judge them and we divert from our structure and we change our questions. And we have to make sure we are interviewing every single person the exact same way because it's a collection of data to see who's qualified. It's not who I like. I've heard so many people say, oh, I like that person. Oh, I think they're a good fit. That's where we're making a mistake. It doesn't matter who I like. I like a lot of people that I work with, and I like a lot of people I don't work with. I like people that I would never want to work with. So we need to take that I like or, you know, which is the least worst one of the group out of the equation. I like that. I want to I want to latch on to something you said there, which is it's it's data collection. Uh, I I feel like if I asked an owner. Uh, what are your hire rates? Like interviews, interviews to actual new employees, and then how many of those do you retain? I don't think they can give me a straight answer. Um, is it important to track that stuff? Would you say that like it's necessary? Yes. So in my teaching and we recruit because we do we do like a ton of like webinars and stuff. Um, we teach them what I see is a lot of us owners know sales numbers, like our conversion rates and our customer acquisition costs. And like, or, you know, we know all this stuff, but I've, you just said it. If I ask you those numbers and recruiting, you are going to have no clue. So I'm like, how do you even know how many interviews you would need to meet your end of year revenue goal based off of those numbers backwards? They don't know. 
right? So we know here we hire 10% of the people we interview, 10%. Because, you know, we're looking for specific things. And we retain about 7% of those people for over a year. So we lose 3% throughout the year. Typically, we do employ um, a lot of women because we're a cleaning company. We lose them. It was, it's either typically like kid ish, kid problems, school problems, relationship problems, <laughs> um, or moving. A lot of people have been moving in and out of Florida. Um, and so not all turnover is regrettable turnover, right? Sometimes we make bad decisions um, or sometimes the employee realizes they, they're not a good fit. Um, so not all turnover is regrettable turnover. What we're trying to control is regrettable turnover where we messed up. Like we dropped the ball. We didn't hold up our end of the deal. I think it's a really awesome distinction between regrettable and, and uh, unregrettable turnover. Because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people get in the trap that like all turnover is bad. Right? No. Right. But some people, some people are going to grow and they're going to move on. And it's a completely natural thing and you can't control it. Um, right. But like you were saying, you need to know what those numbers are so that you can work backwards and, and figure out like how many ads and stuff you need to get. Well, you know, this is on this topic, but a little different topic is mm-hmm. years ago, there were, there was such thing as a career cleaning technician, right? Mm-hmm. I don't feel that that is really a thing anymore with, with just technology and easily the access to education and like the way the for good, for goodness sakes, chat GBT is changing the world. Um, oh, the yeah. way the world is changing. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sold that that is actually a thing anymore. So we don't even look for it. So we plan for turnover. And so um, we just ask that you're, that we can be a stepping stone to the next, you know, phase of your life. And so that's not regrettable turnover. Right. But it's something that we have to plan for. Right. I like how you look at that. Um, yeah, because it's a, it's a stepping stone that there used to be career. Like it used to be a career, like long life and you could retire and, and all of that. But now technology and AI and all that stuff, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting world in the next 10 years, I think, um, with the technology. But you don't really see career anything right now. Hmm. Like hmm. teachers... Hmm you know, aren't really staying in the field as long. Um, and so I've seen a lot of like firefighters exit or come and go. And so the, the things that you saw that were career also pensions went away. So that could probably have a big thing to do with it. Um, <clears throat> you don't really see those career f- fields anymore. Um, they tend to be moving around a lot. And so there was a study done that said in 2022, Wages increased by 7%, but if I changed jobs, I could increase my wage by 23%. Yeah. A lot of transition and hopping going on right now. Yeah. 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 Okay. So... Do you think it has... I'm, I'm speculating here. Do you think it has anything to do with, like, uh, in a post-COVID world, people are maybe shifting more towards what they want to do? Or is it people are just chasing a higher wage? No, I think it's doing what they want to do because... Um, like I said, it changed the way we think everybody, like it's not just our employees, everybody like, and I mean, I know I value my time 
in a different way now. Uh, working from home, you're like, what's that? Like having more time with your family. So it, it changed everybody. And I do see that it, it did change because we have technicians that leave because they're pursuing what they want to. Like mm-hmm. they're not pursuing a paycheck. They're like, we had one, she left and she opened a dog grooming business. Another one left because she was opening a craft business. And so we see them leaving to do what they want to do. It's not necessarily chasing a paycheck. Okay. And I, I was hoping that would be the answer. <laughs> but so, I mean, that, that kind of ties it back to how do you become what they want to do, right? Like from a culture standpoint, from just a place of work, uh, how do you like make it what they want to do? We talked about the culture and stuff. Um, um, so this is the interview process, mm-hmm. right? You have to have a perfect avatar. We usually have the avatar for marketing, right? What's our target market and yep. all that, but we don't know it on the hiring side. So what's the avatar of your perfect hire, of your perfect employee, mm-hmm. of your perfect field tech? Um, and then also, will this, this is a really important question. Will this job fill their bucket Mm -hmm. internally? If it doesn't, they won't, they won't last very long. This job has to be a step up in their life in that stepping stone to get to where they want. This can't be backwards or even lateral. So it has to be a step up in progression to where they want to be and where they want to get to. Oh, yeah. So you've got to really be aware of that and ask the right questions to to kind of feel that out before hiring that person for sure. That's a good, I really like that. That's interesting. Because we've had teachers come in and apply for our job because we pay more than teachers make. And we're like, why do you want to work here? Mm-hmm. And it's solely about they're tired of teaching. Like they hate the hours or tired of teaching. But at the end of the day, is cleaning a house and scrubbing a toilet going to fill your bucket? Right. Are you going to be able to sit at a dinner table or at a bar with your friends on the weekend and say, I'm a cleaning technician? Go ahead. ahead. I was just going to ask, like, well, how does that go into like separating a, like a really good candidate from a great candidate, but I can see like it's just asking the right questions, I guess, is like making like you, you just said, will this fill their bucket? Will this like fulfill mm-hmm. them that they would want to stay and do this this job and this work? And yeah. Yeah, I like that. So it's not saying we won't hire one. It's just you know they have to answer the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh subject of stepping stones, right? Uh, let's talk, uh, I want to talk again more about like recruiting specifically. Uh, are there any examples that you have or any scenarios where maybe you hired someone that initially you think was a good fit, but that it really paid off in the long term? So this goes to the judgment part. Like mm-hmm. we cast judgment in the first 30 seconds that we start to interview someone and yeah, like I have to say, so we're, Brian knows we're in Southwest Florida. Um, <laughs> And so we clean a lot of retired, high income houses. And so for a long time, I was like, I'm, you know, we can't have all these tattoos and piercings and and hair colors and, and like, oh, what if I send somebody in Mrs. Jones's house and she gets upset? And, um, you know, we've gotten over that because I had to stop judging people. And I will say, you know, when I was, didn't know what I was doing and I hadn't really educated myself. I was, I would, I did that. And, 
Um, we, I remember her name was Cheyenne. We hired Cheyenne and, um, she just was like, I don't know, her green hair, purple, depending on the day. <laughs> um, but just piercings everywhere and tattoos from head to toe. And, um, I actually didn't hire her. My office manager did. And she goes, but she's great. Like she was a cashier at somewhere and, but she's so nice. Like she's like, I think she'd be a great fit. Cheyenne was amazing. Everybody loved her. It did not matter what she looked like. And it was, I, I was judging her and shame on me for that. I shouldn't have done that. And I have tattoos. You just can't see them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was because I was thinking about the client and not, um, the company. I was thinking about the clients and the way they were going to perceive us. And she turned out to be amazing. She stayed with us for a year and she's the one who left to start her own dog grooming business that I had mentioned earlier. And she's absolutely amazing. And she just, she recommends us on Facebook all the time when people are looking for a cleaning company, like, Oh, I, I used to work there. They're amazing. Like you should hire them. And that's the way you want those relationships to end. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, we thought it was bad. I was, I was just, I was judging, but then here's the other thing. People that interview really, really well, um, maybe they're professionals. <laughs> That's true. Oh, a lot of professional interviewers. interviewers. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Cause I'll hear people say, Oh, well, they were quiet or they didn't talk very much. Or they didn't know how to, you know, like they, they weren't really good at answering the question. Um, and I said, you know, I want you to think about this. Like maybe they don't do this often. Right. right. Maybe this is the first interview in like five years. Right. Exactly. I like that. Um, Cause you're right. There's a lot of like unconscious and conscious bias. I think there's even courses on it now, like, and how that mm-hmm. like permeates into the workplace um, a lot. Um, so like kind of adding on to that, like for companies that struggle to find the right candidates, like what would you recommend um, that are still maybe still struggling to find that perfect person or, just someone to come in and that wants to work, you know, cause you, like you said, people do want to work. Mm-hmm. No, people want to work. Um, so there, this, this side of this question is so huge cause it's everything from like your benefits to your pay. Cause these mm-hmm. are what, I, so essentially it's like, how do I track people? Mm-hmm. And it, it could be everything from your pay to your benefits to how your ad is written that resonates with that person. So like my ad literally says, come work for a woman owned, minority owned, Spanish speaking business owner. Um, because that's what I want to attract. That's who I am. Oh yeah. Um, and so, you know, it, it's everything from the verbiage in the ad to your pay, to your benefits, to your core values, to your employer brand. Right. And I'm getting to getting ready to, to, um, speak on stage for, for Debbie Sardone, um, where I'm a coach for Debbie as well in the cleaning industry, but I'm teaching a course on the employer brand because I think this is more important than anything post COVID right now. And no one yeah. can seem to really understand what an employer brand is. Cause you can't touch it. Right. It's kind of like your marketing brand. It's kind of, we've learned that we know what that is, but we don't really know what an employer brand is. And that is exactly. what helps you attract and retain the best candidates. Yeah. I was about to say that. That's like the long game. Branding. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Absolutely. It is the long game. I have to say, um, it's nothing that's going to work overnight, but it will bring your recruiting costs down significantly and it will help you retain and attract 
the right fit to your company. Would you say that it's fair that you should, at least in some way, kind of apply the way that you approach finding and attracting new customers to finding and attracting new employees? Yes. I will say we don't even, this is going to sound horrible. We don't even care about our customer or our customer brand. <laughs> I, I know what you, I know what you mean. I know I guess, yeah, we understand. <laughs> Trust me, I'm not gonna, I don't take it the wrong way, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, it's not that we don't care. It's just that we found that it's, I can hire a really good employee and they're worth about $80,000 to our business. They generate about $80,000 in revenue per one employee. But one customer that's recurring only brings us about three to $4,000 a year. So which one is more valuable? Right. The employee. But right. we don't tend to put any emphasis or attention or nothing on it. Um, and so we've really, really has steered towards um, the employer brand. So I, I don't tolerate any stock pictures, no fake pictures. They better be real people. They better be our people. No catfishing. Um, all we, <laughs> right? Well, all yeah. we do is talk about our people and we yes. feature our people online. Um, so when people go to look, because 87% of applicants will go seek you out online before they even show up to an interview. So if they're ghosting you, if you right. have a really high no-show rate, maybe either they don't like what they see or it doesn't resonate with them. Maybe it's okay because they were like, you know, I don't really fit in with that. Um, and that's okay. They're, let them be a no-show. So, um, you know, we, we really focus on what do we look like externally because every one of these applicants are going to go vet us online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have a question because you are a service autopilot user. Uh, so you talk, we're talking about like positive culture, setting employees up for success, uh, how to set yourself up for success as a business. Uh, so can you tell me how service autopilot has made your life easier, your employees' life easier, and uh, all that good stuff? So I could talk about this forever. Um, <laughs> It's a good sign. So, <laughs> so everything from like, okay, the app, it's great. Also because it has Spanish. I employ a lot of Spanish speaking yes. um, technicians. But aside from the app, the automations, text, I'm um, sorry, the automations, forms, and documents mm. are like, we use them for everything. Our employees can request time off through the form. Like our employees can submit um, supply request. Our employees text the clients through the app um, with the pre-made text. So they never have to generate anything. Right. Um, the automations have just made my office's job so much easier. I used to have five people in the office. Mm-hmm. Now we have three because we can use automations to do a lot of the repetitive tasks. Right. Um, so we love it because it's like the best all under one hood solution. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to go out and buy a ton of softwares and piece them together. Exactly. But yes, I'm a fan fan of the automation. We have so many automations built out. Um, I even have my clients now using forms. If they want to reschedule, like they submit a reschedule request. If they want to cancel, they have to fill out a form before we'll cancel them so that we can capture the reason why. Yeah. Right. But we're just using as like anything we can think of. We're like, oh, can we automate that? Can we make a form for it? 
I know. I think when I'm like training customers, like those are my favorite features to like talk about with them because you can do so much, just so much with forms, automations. I mean, just everything in service autopilot, but yeah, those are, those are pretty good game changers. They're streamlining your workflow. And, and I've taught the lawn care service this trick. This was before you guys had tipping. I created a tipping automation and for our cleaning technicians, yeah. we have raised their weekly revenue by at least 5% um, yes. by automating the tipping um, and incorporating it into a form. And uh, quite a few of the serv- the lawn care guys um, also, because they're like, oh, we can't get tips for, mm-hmm. for lawn care. I'm like, yes, you can. Let's try it. That was huge. That's awesome. And I said, you're asking me for a tip for handing me a coffee. It's yeah. just handing me the coffee. At Starbucks. <laughs> you can ask for a tip for uh, the lawn care or the landscaping. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially in Southwest Florida. I don't want to do that. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> so um, in your time, so you've, you've grown multiple businesses. Uh, was there, was there ever like a, a defining moment where you were like, okay, I think I have this, this figured out like what was that big revelation for you when it comes to like the hiring and growing your business side okay um there's been a few i won't say that the revelation means that you mastered it correct i agree with that 100 the revelation just means like oh i i need i know where my focus should be or needs to go or i figured it out mm-hmm. um i will say the two for me are um self-mastery um, really, really focusing on yourself, your health, and um, you cannot be a good leader um, if you are not first taking care of yourself. Um, it's impossible. You will never see a successful CEO um, that is not health conscious, that is not out exercising, and that is not out like really living their best life in a in that kind of way. Um, so like I cut out sugar, it's almost been two years. Yes, I don't eat anything that has sugar in it <laughs> or carbs. Um, and just really focusing on myself because that fuels the energy I need to run two companies. Otherwise, I can't do it. And so you have to come first. And I know that sounds really selfish, but when I say you have to come first, you have to come first. You need to exercise. You need to eat right. You need to make sure you're sleeping. You need to make sure you're learning and you need to make sure you have time set aside for all these things. Um, The second one would be teaching yourself how to capture processes and systems. Um, We call them playbooks and organize it. But if you can document everything you do, you can scale it. If you can't document it, you cannot scale your company. And if you scale it without documenting, that is where chaos happens. Right. You become a bottleneck in, in, in a way. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that because I watched your biggest badass video and that really read like everything you said resonated, but the part where you start speaking about taking care of yourself and being healthy, because that's a little component. You don't really hear about the leadership parts. Like, the analogy of you're on a plane and it's crashing. They always say, put your mask on first before you help the other person because you have to breathe, you know, be able to breathe and uh, help others. So I really like how you like put in that component of really, you have to take care of yourself um, to be there for others. You do, or like you had said in the biggest badass video, you know, I talked about the hurricane there. There's no way I would have like been able to, 
get through Hurricane Ian with one either a mental breakdown or becoming an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, I applaud you. I didn't hey, have to run a business. You know what? Keep it so. real. <laughs> you know, the struggle's real. It's real, seriously. It's, I'm sure a lot of people um, struggle no with this. So, yeah. Uh, we mentioned a couple times the biggest badass. Uh, I want to talk about that. So not everybody listens as a field edge or service autopilot customer. So I want to talk about uh, what that is. Um, so for those of you who don't know, uh, part of what we do here is called Academy. Uh, it's like a mastermind group uh, for field service professionals. Uh, we have online courses, in-person meetups, uh, regular video calls. We learn, we grow, uh, webinars, presentations, and so on. It's really awesome. You check it out. Uh, but every year we have a competition called The Biggest Badass. Uh, where business owners will submit a video and essentially tell us how their life has changed uh, for the better, not only on the work side, but also on the personal side, which is something that Libby's very, very uh, transparent about. It's, it's huge. So uh, while I'm here, Libby, uh, how long have you been part of Academy? You've given presentations in Academy now. But you're, you're part of it. <laughs> yes. Um I think I've been a part of Academy. I was trying to think. I think it's been three years now. Okay. Um, and the people that I met in Academy when I first joined are still like, I am super close with a ton of them um, that are, that were in Academy that are in Academy. Um, it's a great group. Um, I will say it really helped me. Um when, you know, just not when the hurricane hit, because I talked about it during that video, but um, it's really helped me with the things that we've struggled in, but it's, it's helped grow. I think in some aspects, doubling my business um, when it comes to things that um, the people that are speaking there are experts in, right? We struggle here in Southwest Florida with marketing during our slow season, because as much as I don't want to admit it, we're seasonal. <laughs> um and so the, the teachings that I learned in there um, are the ones that I just kind of pull out when we need a marketing strategy um, or, you know, when you need financials, um, there are some great teachings in there that will help you with uh, financials. If you're struggling um, marketing, even hiring, um, I was fortunate enough that, that I got to be in um, Academy and Elite when Jonathan was still teaching. But um, if you can have access, I'm pretty sure the access to the recordings are in there snippets. Um, but you know, it was so insightful to be in a group, uh, with him when he owned a service company or he'd own, he owns a service company, but also a software. Um, so I could really relate to him and pick his brain and ask questions. <laughs> That's awesome. I just want to bring it up because yeah. we can't, we came up and I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. I love Academy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I love Academy. Um, that's it's been um, really great, and like I said, the teachings are amazing. But um, being in a room with other service business owners, and when you do the in the in person events, being able to talk to them, have dinner, like how they're struggling. Oh, I've you know I've struggled with that. Here's what I did, or you know I'm struggling with something, and they've they've been through that, and just having that ability and making those connections are really priceless. That's amazing. All right. So are there any, um, before we, because we're kind of getting there, I think, at time maybe, um, is there anything else, Libby, just in general, you want to leave people with like, as far as hiring tips, 
uh, growing their business, uh, keeping the balance of life and sanity and everything together. Uh, any, any closing thoughts? Um, so, you know, I just want you to think of, so some of these statements might sound harsh, but we're, most of you here are probably going to be listening to this or business owners. So, um, I feel like I could say this to you in a nice way and smile <laughs> might come off nicer. <laughs> um, I want you to think of a couple things, right? Um, one is what I have right now is a reflection of everything that I've done and attracted. And if I don't like what I have right now, all I have to do is simply change. It's that easy. Right. And so if you're unhappy or you don't like what you have right now, it's because the person you are right now attracted that. And so I have to change if I want something different. And, you know, that, that could sound harsh. It could sound any way you, you know, any way you want to take it, but, um, it's as easy as making a change, changing your routine, changing something you do to change what you're attracting right now. It's very well said. I think that's beautiful because sometimes we do forget we can change and that we have the power to make a different choice. So I think that's very well said. Absolutely. Yeah, that was beautiful. Uh, before we wrap it up, Libby, is there anything you want to plug? Plug? Yeah, like you, you do like, I know you do like uh, coaching, cleaning, you got any seminars coming up you want people to take a look at? Where can people find you? Uh, yes. Well, I am the only Libby DeLucian in the world. Hey, that's good to know. Ah, there we so go. So pretty easy. Oh pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are like, how do I find you? I'm actually really easy to find if you spell my last name right. <laughs> Um, I am the only Libby listed in the world. So it just depends. Like if you're needing help with recruiting, like you can always um, look up Woot Recruit. If you are needing help with your cleaning company, um, you know, I partner with Debbie Sardone and Cleaning Business Fundamentals. Um, I work with a lot of the lawn care guys um, and companies out just helping them um, with some systems and processes. Because at the end of the day, um, I find that a lot of us business owners just crave, stru- crave structure and we have a really hard time creating those systems and processes in our business. Um, and so where am I at? I'm literally like all over the place. I go to DC in two weeks. I go to Dallas next month. I go to New Orleans in May. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere. So I'm speaking for the advocacy summit for the, for the cleaning industry, not, not residential, like the cleaning industry, commercial as well in front of uh, the uh, Senate in front of our um, state representatives and then um, in April, I will be at CBF Live. Uh, Service Autopilot will be there as a vendor. And then in May, I'm speaking at QDS for Martha, Quality Driven. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, I'm in a lot of places. All right. Awesome. awesome. And as the kids say, I may sound old saying this, or are you on any Insta, Facebook, TikTok, socials? <laughs> As the kids say these days, I don't know. <laughs> yes, and all my handles are my name, Libby DeLucian, because again, awesome. there was none, they weren't taken, they're all the That's same. That's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> all right, Libby, thank you so much again for being a guest on the Profit Roadmap podcast with us. This is a true pleasure to sit down with you and just to learn 
a lot about just hiring practices and business and life and some best, you know, tips and tricks and things we should talk about in life. So, uh, awesome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you all listeners who joined us for the Profit Roadmap. Please remember you can listen to this show on all major streaming platforms, including Apple, YouTube, Spotify, and more. And be sure to visit our show notes at serviceautopilot.com forward slash podcast to get links to all the topics we covered on today's show. And if you enjoyed, please tell your friends, tell your family, plug it out there everywhere and join us in next time. You all have a great day. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for taking your time, Libby. Bye. Thank you, guys.